Mark chapter number 5, Mark chapter 5. I'm going to ask you a question. We'll come back to it at the close of the message. Mark chapter number 5. We, we believe, we believe, I believe, I'm going to ask if you believe this. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, rose again the third day. And I believe that not long after that, he ascended and sat down at the Father's right hand. And I believe that today, the Lord Jesus Christ is on earth in the person of saved people indwelt by his Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ lives inside the believer. Do you, you, you believe that? All right. Now, that, that has nothing to do with the message until the very end of the message, but I wanted to establish that with you. I'm going to make this statement. I cannot preach to a generation of people who spend more time with television with the, than with the Bible without offending you. I do, I do not intend to offend you. I do not mean to offend you. But I, I cannot get through a sermon without saying something to this generation that offends them because we are so influenced by Hollywood and New York and what they pump out through, through the media that the Bible causes people, even in good churches, to cringe. So I'm going to say something to you. Uh, we, we live in a generation that has denied the Jesus Christ of the Bible. As a result, they've denied the Satan of the Bible. And as a result, we are trying to treat and medicate people who are devil-possessed and need Jesus Christ. And until we acknowledge two things in our society, the reality of Jesus Christ and the reality of unclean spirits, we're not going to help too many people. Uh, Brother Steve Holt just got home from another uh, stint in Sierra Leone. The United Nations says it's the worst nation on earth in which to live. Brother Holt says we have the same thing in America that we have in Sierra Leone. In, in the Sierra Leone, people recognize the work of the devil. In America, they, they call it economic problems or social inequality or, or something of that nature. I want you to see what the Bible says here in Mark chapter 5. They came over into the side of the sea, of, uh, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, this is Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. May I, may I say to you tonight, I am not speaking of every individual you might know or every individual I might know. I want to ask you tonight, if you think it's possible that a child who can't be tamed by a mother and a child that can't be tamed by a father and a child that can't be retained by school teachers and a child that can't be restrained by a pastor and a child that has no fear of police or law enforcement or prison, maybe just maybe has an unclean spirit... Is it possible that we have a generation completely out of control because the devil is of greater power than what we are using to try and control them? Is, is that, would, would you just admit it's possible? It's possible that, that somebody 12 years old killing without conscience, somebody 13 years old assaulting without conscience, somebody 14 years old engaged in violent sexual perversion without conscience, is it just possible that they don't have an imbalance? Is it just possible that they don't have a chemical issue? Is it just possible there is a real devil whose spirit is inside of them tormenting them and making them a torment to everyone around them. Maybe if we could admit that's a possibility, we could help some people. 
The Bible says in this verse that he had his dwelling among the tombs. What is this fascination that people have in our culture with death and the dead and zombies and the living dead and vampires and, and all that sort of thing? I, I, I say to my wife, we see these advertisements as we travel about. I say to my wife, who would pay their hard-earned money to go sit in a theater and watch a horror movie? Isn't life scary enough? <laughs> Aren't there enough creepy things happen to you just going to Walmart that you don't need to go see some sort of... It's a strange thing when you live in a culture where people are fascinated with death and take pleasure in death and entertain themselves with death. There's something messed up about that. I think it's unclean. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundant. I give them the eternal life and they should never perish. What is with this culture that's so absorbed and wrapped up in death? I think they're full of the devil. I do. I think they've got unclean spirits. You can disagree with that if you want to, but the Bible says, verse number 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying. You live tonight, you live in the wealthiest nation, not just on earth, in the history of the earth. Tonight, the poorest man or woman in this auditorium lives better than Nebuchadnezzar the king lived in his palace. You live better than Caesar lived in Rome. You live better than the kings and queens of England lived up until 50, 60 years ago. You have plumbing, you have air conditioning, you have running water, you have refrigerators and stoves and microwaves and and freezers and a bigger freezer out in the garage and you go out to eat because there's nothing to eat. Amen. We sit in restaurants and complain about how expensive everything is. And yet, in this country, with all of its cable television and its internet and its movies and its music and its entertainment and its comfort, you've never seen such a depressed, medicated anxiety, a pill to get me up in the morning and a pill to put me to sleep at night and a pill to help me cope with work and a pill that helps me cope without being... What is the matter with people who have so much and they're so unhappy? Who have so many blessings they couldn't count them. And all they can do is count their sorrows and their woes. Is it possible? Is it possible? You're not depressed. You're possessed. Is it possible this country is not in need of another shrink or another pill or another treatment or another counselor? Is it possible they just might need the power of the Son of God to deliver them from what ails them? I I didn't say one word about your mother, your grandmother, your wife, your brother, your sister, yourself. I didn't say that. I said, is it possible that somebody who's crying all the time has a devil problem? Is it possible that somebody who's unhappy and miserable all the time has a spirit problem? The Bible says, cutting himself. Cutting himself. Who would have ever thought, honestly... I've read a lot of history. Maybe you have too. History from around the world. Maybe you have too. Who would have ever thought that a teenager with a house daddy's paying for and transportation daddy's paying for and food daddy's paying for and clothing daddy's paying for and medicine daddy's paying for, who would have thought that they would find pleasure sitting in their room with a razor blade slicing their flesh? 
possible, is it possible that those wicked movies and those wicked video games and that pornography and this lack of discipline and this lack of preaching and this lack of Sunday school and church and the Bible, is it possible they got an unclean spirit? Are we not even allowed to consider that? If you saw, if you saw a child cutting himself with a knife, wouldn't you say, stop, stop, something's the matter? And yet we have gone so far into the sewer in this culture that mothers are taking their daughters to doctors to have a doctor take a knife and cut their body and mutilate them. How sick do you have to be? To pay a man to take a knife to your little girl. How sick do you have to be to take a, a, a boy to a doctor and have a doctor take your knife to your little boy and cut parts of his body off. You're, you're full of the devil. You're possessed. Nobody in their right mind would do a thing like that. And yet your entire society... Seems to fall right in line with what it used to be a new perversion every 10 years. Now it's a new perversion every 10 months. You can't even keep up with how perverted the things become. Let me tell you something. You're a man and you decide you want to be a woman and you pay a doctor to mutilate your body. You ain't a woman. You're a eunuch. There's a Bible term for what you are. You're not a woman. You're a mutilated man. I'm not hateful. I'm not hateful. How am I hateful? Your mother's going to chop you into pieces? Could, could we just admit maybe Satan is running rampant in our country? Could we just admit maybe there's an epidemic of uncleanness and it's a spiritual problem and it's inside people? I see all the characteristics here. Good singing, wasn't it? Did you enjoy that music? But when he saw Jesus, but when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran. Listen, he ran from the tombs. He ran from the knife of the stone with which he was cutting himself. He ran from the place where he was sitting and crying. Just just seeing Jesus was enough to stir something inside that man that made him want to get away from what he was doing. Made him want to get away from where he was living. Made him want to get away from how he was feeling. Praise God. Praise God. You know what's wrong in our public schools? Can't see Jesus. You know what's wrong in our politics? You can't see Jesus. You know what's wrong in our city streets? You can't see Jesus. You know what's wrong in many of our churches and most of our homes? You can't see Jesus. People think there's no alternative. Let me get my child to a doctor. No Jesus there. Let me get my child to a shrink. No Jesus there. Let me get my child to a grief counselor. No Jesus there. Nothing changed this man's life until his eyes fell upon Jesus. And I'll tell you, that Bible says he ran. He ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice. Said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? 
I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. I understand there's unclean spirits speaking inside this man. But I'm telling you, this man's lungs, this man's vocal cords, this man's tongue, this man's brain says something so profound. I, I, we, we preach, in, just last month we were in front of the Daytona Speedway, 100,000 people have come in there and watch people drive 500 miles as fast as they can to end up right where they started. <laughs> Guy will sit up, he, he's up, he's up 50, 15 stories high, and you ought to see that Daytona Speedway, man. He's up there, and there's a guy in a car. <laughs> He's got a helmet on and the guy in the, hel- in the helmet saying, turn left, turn left, turn left. And this, and this guy's up here 15 stories up saying, go Dale, go Dale. He can't hear you. <laughs> they think we're fanatics. Anyway, you get out preaching in front of these football stadiums and the, the 50,000 people out there, 70,000 people out there. And you know what? Not one person that crowd believes. Jesus Christ is so holy. He should have nothing to do with them and they got no right to have anything to do with him. When, when this man ran to Jesus, you know what he said? I'm in the wrong place. You're holy, I'm unholy. You're clean, I'm unclean. You and I have nothing to do with each other. I'm tired of this generation of drunks and adulterers and fornicators and liars and thieves acting like they're righteous and Jesus is unrighteous. I'm tired of them acting like they're right and God's wrong. I tell you, when this, when this fellow, he knew he had a problem. And he ran to Jesus and he said, you are the superior being here. You are the righteous one here. In fact, would you, would you, here's all he could say. Would you please not throw me in hell? That's when I got saved. How about you? I, I knew about heaven all my life. When I came to the realization, God Almighty was going to throw my sorry soul in hell. That changed the discussion. That's a whole different situation. He said, he said, I, I am right. You and me, you and me. I, I'm possessed with unclean spirits and you're the Lord. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the King of Kings. You're Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner. And if you do what you ought to do, I will find myself in a place of torment. That's a real good realization to come to. You know, the best thing that would help somebody that's crying all the time and depressed is just stop asking, God, why is this happening to me? Because you deserve to go to hell. Why am I so unhappy? Because you deserve to be tormented forever. How's that? I told you I'd offend you. Why all these bad things happen to me? Because you're a bad person. That's why. You're a sinner. Every preacher used to tell people that. And people used to thank him for saying so. How dare you call me a sinner? I didn't call you a sinner. I'm, re- I'm giving you a book report. This book says all the sin comes short of glory of God. This book says there's not just man upon the earth doeth good and sin not. This book says we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This guy came face to face with Jesus and he stopped pretending he didn't have any problems. 
be good for people. Quit pretending God's the problem. He first said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, this is a real interesting verse. He, he asked him, What is thy name? And he, singular, answered saying, My singular name is Legion, for we are many. He's schizo. He got multiple personalities. This guy said, uh, he said, I'm having a big problem. Uh, I'm fighting all the time with my Asian roommate. Joke's on him, I don't even have a roommate. (laughs) You'll get that on the way home. Listen, we we live in a society. I'm I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm not. And and I'm not telling you to go home, flush your pills down the toilet. Don't blame me for that. I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you something. We live in a society where it's like a badge of honor to be crazy. You're right. You're right. You get extra points right. for being for having a mental problem. You're right. Honestly, I'm on an airplane today, and a guy's got to have a have a dog on an airplane so he can fly an airplane because God can't help him, but dog can help him. I wouldn't want to go in a store and say, I can't shop unless this dog's slobbering on me. But somebody walks in the stores and like, I can't shop unless i got this dog slobbering on me. And they oh, isn't that nice? No! It's not nice. I'm trying to eat food in a restaurant and the dog's over there shaking, you know. Where's the health department? Everybody's crazy. You go to you go to re- uh, travel on the road all the time. You go you leave your room. You go down and eat breakfast in the motel. Grown ups in their pajamas. Honestly, in there eating coca pops. Anybody ever raise rabbits? A- anyway. <laughs> Tricks, tricks. They put a rabbit on the cover of the box. They're mocking you. <laughs> anyway, I've tried to eat breakfast in the motel. There's grown-ups in their pajamas, and there's dogs sitting in the chairs. And if I say anything about it, I'm some sort of mean person. That's, that's I'm insensitive. Crazy man. Crazy. Listen, do you think, honestly, just tell me the truth. 60 years ago, when everybody went to church, 60 years ago, when your nation feared God, I didn't say they were saved, they feared God, they thought there was one way to heaven is Jesus Christ, everybody wasn't crazy. Now you throw the Bible out, you throw Jesus Christ out, you put evolution in the school, people quit going to church, and now all of a sudden everybody's crazy. Can you not see it's a spiritual problem? It's a spiritual problem. Verse number 10. He besought him much. They would not send him away out of the country. Now there was nine of the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and were choked in the sea. Now this is not profound, but this is what you just read. That man had learned to tolerate a level of filth, 
that pigs wouldn't live with. All those, all those unclean spirits are inside that man and he's functioning. And they move into those hogs and those hogs say, we're going to commit suicide before we live like this. <laughs> you ain't heard that before. <laughs> so, so down in the sea went all that deviled ham. Man. This is a good crowd. You hear Our church is so sick of all these same jokes. <laughs> you know something? They, they, they put their stuff on the internet. They put these videos on there. They put these movies out. These singers make these music videos. Hogs don't do that stuff. Filthy, mud-wallowing pigs. Don't do the things that these entertainers do and people, people sit there and watch it all day long and think they got good sense. That's a mess. You, don't, you understand what a mess we're in? You understand how, how, how far this thing has gone? And so what happens? The Bible says in verse number 14, they that fed the swine fled. By the way, they're not supposed to have pigs. What do they got pigs for? Not supposed to eat them. But what else are you going to do with them? Hadn't invented football yet, so they don't need the hides. <laughs> and they went and told it in the city and in the country. And they, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. Praise the Lord. And had, past tense, the legion, sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. Now stop for a minute. The Bible says, don't get mad at me. The Bible says, don't call your shrink. Just just listen. The Bible says, unclean spirit, not in his right mind. Get rid of the unclean spirit. He's in his right mind. No counseling program. No, no facility, no treatment center, no changing of the meds. Jesus comes in, the devils go out, and a man that wasn't in his right mind is now in his right mind. Is it possible? Is it possible that the problem is not medical? Is it possible the problem is not chemical? Is it possible the problem is not environmental? I'm just asking you, is it possible that people need Jesus? Is it possible that the Lord Jesus Christ could settle you down? Could get you dressed? Could fix your mind? I believe that. I believe that. I'm afraid not many church people believe that. I don't think hardly anybody outside the church believes that anymore, but I believe that. The morning, the morning, Jesus' ship landed on that shore. This man is filled with a legion of unclean spirits. That night when he went to bed, he's completely delivered and of a sound mind. 
There's nothing in the world that can make that transformation in a man, a woman, a boy, or girl between the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun but Jesus Christ. Can I, may I say to you, one, well, before there was a morning, there's, there's no light. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's pretty powerful. There's no sun. One morning, one morning, there's no sun. When that day's over, there's sun, moon, and stars. One day, there's no animals. End of the day, there's so many animals, Adam ran out of names for them. By the end of the day, he's a blackbird, bluebird, how many more you got? <laughs> one day, God, one day. You believe God created everything six little days? I do. Then, then don't tell me he can't rescue a soul completely in one day. In one day. I believe that. I believe that. So the Bible says, now this, this is really amazing. Verse 15 they come to Jesus, they see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. When he's a raving maniac in the graveyard, they're not afraid of him. When he's running around naked, they're not afraid of him. When he's cutting himself, they're not afraid of him. But now, he's transformed into a clothed, decent, rational, intelligent Man, and they're scared of him. Man, nobody in your job was scared of you when you were drunk. Driving that car is a miracle you didn't kill somebody. Coming home drunk, miracle you didn't bruise and batter your wife. Coming home drunk, it's a miracle you didn't harm your, your children. And then one day you come to church, you walk an aisle, you trust Jesus Christ, your Savior, and you go back to work and say, I don't drink anymore. I met Jesus, and everybody's freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, stay away from him. Stay away from him, man. He, he, got, he got religion. That's how you know this country crazy. They're out of their minds. Well, we're heading down the home stretch here. This is amazing. Verse 16. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil. They gave his testimony for him. And also concerning the swine. Oh, but by the way, we lost a, a, a big uh, a pig uh, crop down there. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. In our town, in our town, there are prostitutes that do business Every weekend. There are drug dealers who do business every day. There are booze peddlers. Booze lead and cause of death in America every year. There are booze peddlers who do what they do and nobody interferes. You know what our town, you know what our town would love to do? Shut up those street preachers. Isn't that a strange thing? I stood for our city council more than once. I've stood for our city council. And I, say, I said, if everybody in this town would come to our church and respond to the preaching like this room full of people is responding to the preaching, you could shut down your jails. You could get rid of your police. You wouldn't need a rehab center. You wouldn't need, you wouldn't need a battered women's clinic. We could save you millions of dollars every year. And you think we're the problem. Something's wrong with you people. Yeah. 
They never asked this devil-possessed wild man to leave town. But they told Jesus, you need to keep moving, pal. We don't, we don't need what you're doing around here. Isn't that sad? Next time there's one of these tragedies and they, at a school and they say, they've called in grief counselors. Call somebody and say, who, who are these grief counselors? They're not calling in Bible-believing preachers. No, they tell them, you keep moving, you keep moving. We, we, we want to help these kids. Well, who do you think shooting up schools? Christians? I'll tell you shooting up schools. You're of your father the devil, lust your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And you, you, take, you take somebody full of the devil and then you pump them full of psych meds and you better just look out. This country's in a mess. Verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil. You see, he's, he's a different man. He's a different man. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for your profession of faith without a changed life. I didn't say you didn't. I don't know who's saved and who isn't saved. I just said, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Lord might take you up in the rapture, but we'll be surprised. And when he was coming to the ship... He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Yeah. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not. That's a funny thing. Jesus said okay to the unclean spirits, and he said no to the fellow that he just saved. That's an odd thing, don't you think? Yeah. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Why wouldn't Jesus let him go with him? Go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. All right, so the end of the message, I'm going to bring you back around to where we started the message. Do you believe Jesus did for this man what you just read Jesus did for this man? You, you believe that? Jesus is leaving. He's leaving. He's getting in a ship and he's leaving. And so Jesus says to this guy, it's up to you to tell everybody else what I can do. Now, I know you haven't been through seminary. I know you hadn't been through Bible school. You hadn't been, even been through, a, through an institute in the kitchen of your local church. I, I know that. But you can tell them what you were. And you can tell them what you are now. And you can tell them who did that for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So my message tonight is, is really, really, it's not about our society and all the people that apparently are possessed with unclean spirits. My message is, will you have compassion on them and obey Jesus and go tell them what he did for you so maybe for the first time in their life they can find some hope yes. and come to Jesus themselves and he can do it for them. Yeah. I am not contradicting one, one word that Brother Joel said. Thank you. Thank you, Sweet Springs, for your missionary support. Thank you, Tabernacle, for your missionary support. Thank you, Cornerstone, for your missionary support. But what about your town? What about your town? 
400,000 to the ends of the world, thank God. But your street still needs telling. Your factory still needs telling. Your school still needs telling. Jesus said, listen, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, but you're staying. And I want you to tell what great things I've done for you. And he began to publish it. Praise the Lord. Is it possible tonight? I, I will. Is it possible tonight? Anyone will join me in admitting I was every bit as lost and undone as this man. I, I, was, I was every bit that far gone. And one day, here came Jesus. And what he's done for me, what he's done for me, I really, it's hard to describe, but I don't want a day to go by that I don't try to tell somebody what Jesus has done for me in hopes that Jesus could do the same for them.